This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. Rejoice! The Blue Check Brigade is in tatters. The left-wingers who have had a rigged game on Twitter for a long time are suddenly having to deal with the concept of a true marketplace of ideas, a true First Amendment. And I'm going to spend today's show talking about why this matters on such a massive level. Uh, You guys know, many of you are watching this on Twitter right now. You know that I am a First uh, First Amendment absolutist. In fact, I am still banned by Twitter. uh, Sorry, not yet banned by Twitter. Still banned by CNN for saying I believe in only two things absolutely, the First Amendment and boobs. Still banned. Uh, I am banned on ESPN as well and all ESPN programming. That makes me, to my knowledge, the only person in America who is banned on both CNN and ESPN. Why did that happen? Because I say exactly what I think and I don't care what anyone thinks of what I say. I believe in robust, uninhibited debate and that is why Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter is so massively important. This may well be the biggest free speech win of most of our lives. And I'm going to talk about this and why it matters. But for those of you out there who have not seen the news, uh, just over 30 minutes ago, uh, Twitter officially announced that their board has accepted Elon Musk's offer of $54.20 to buy the company. Uh, As we speak right now, the stock is trading at $52.20. Let's go through what happened here recently. I came on last week and told you that barring another purchaser, the Twitter board was going to find itself really checkmated by Elon Musk's move here. And what do I mean by that? They have a fiduciary obligation to ensure that shareholders are taken care of. And barring a second bidder, Elon Musk had already driven up the price of Twitter stock some 50% when he offered the price of 54.20. And a lot of the blue checks got mad at me, but your boy, remember, has a law degree and has studied over the years business uh, responsibilities, and I found it hard to believe that the Twitter board was going to be able to uh, avoid fiduciary lawsuits for violating their fiduciary responsibilities if they did not accept the 5420 offer if there were no other bidders out there. And I think what happened when they adopted the poison pill and when they tried to kill time 
was they were looking to see whether another buyer might emerge. And when that didn't happen, Elon Musk had them buy the balls because if he had decided to walk away, the stock price was going to fall substantially back to where it had been before. And so Elon painted them into a corner, waited out to see whether anybody else was going to emerge as a bidder. When that didn't happen, the Twitter uh, cognoscenti, the Twitter board, didn't really have very many other options. And so Elon Musk has now been announced as the purchaser. This makes Elon Musk, let's not, you know, joke around about this. This is not hyperbole. Elon Musk is now, if it was questioned before, it certainly isn't now, the most powerful man in the world. Okay? He is the richest man in the world. And sometimes wealth makes you the most powerful. But he's not only the richest man in the world, he now owns three different companies that are seismically important in uh, the United States and the world. Tesla, SpaceX, and now Twitter. And the power that he has with those three is truly incredible. And I talked to you about this when Elon, uh, when I was trying to encourage Elon to make his bid. I don't know Elon Musk. I don't know if he's ever seen any of my tweets. I don't know if he's ever paid any attention to any of my tweets. But what I argued for was that, look, at some point, Elon Musk has money beyond his wildest dreams, I'm sure. He may end up being a trillionaire before all is said and done. He's 50 years old. He's got several kids. He has got a legacy that he has created. But I think he's probably contemplating things somewhat like I am. I'm 43 years old. I've got more money than I'll ever need, hopefully. Uh, And I have the freedom to be able to say exactly what I think on a day-to-day basis. And so when I decided to leave sports and take over with Buck Sexton, the Rush Limbaugh time slot, the biggest radio show in the country, I had to make the decision, hey, am I okay with leaving sports behind? And I haven't completely left it behind. I still talk about sports a great deal. It's a huge passion of mine. But the opportunity to influence the direction of the country by doing the Rush show and by selling OutKick to Fox and by appearing on Fox News on a regular basis mattered to me a tremendous amount because I care about the future of this country. In particular, I am most troubled by the idea that not all ideas are allowed to be shared. And that is what Twitter has slowly embraced. This idea that If you have an opinion that isn't in the mainstream, you aren't allowed to share it. Well, that's fundamentally the antithesis of what the First Amendment represents. Because the First Amendment believes that ideas that are now, right now, today, in the extreme minority should be able to be argued because one day they might become the majority. And we don't know exactly what those ideas are But that's what those of us who believe in a robust and uninhibited First Amendment believe in. And so look at what the blue checkmark brigade members on the left wing are upset about. They're upset that Elon Musk is going to limit censorship. They're upset that Elon Musk is going to allow full-fledged debate to exist on Twitter. 
They're upset that the rigged algorithm, which has favored far left-wing opinion, is no longer going to exist in the same way that it does now. That we may have a true marketplace of ideas without favor being given to opinions based on the political background. So I want to just share a couple of things that Elon Musk has tweeted and think about how crazy it is that this has ended up in a situation where we are right now. Uh, Elon Musk tweeted, and I'm looking at my Twitter account because I want to make sure that I quote him correctly. Um, on this uh, on this situation, which gave us kind of a decent idea that he was soon going to be buying the company, uh, he said basically that he wanted to make the 10% on the far left wing as angry as the 10% on the far right wing. And that if he were doing that, that would represent in some way a perfect idea, a distillation of what he believes, which is that everybody should have the right to their opinion, but that the rules should be applied in a content-neutral way. And so you don't end up with Alex Berenson getting banned, right? You don't end up with Alex Berenson, who shared all sorts of data surrounding COVID and was prescient, was correct on a lot of that COVID data far in advance, that you don't end up with him banned, that you don't end up with a satire site like the Babylon Bee banned, and frankly, that you don't end up with the sitting president of the United States, Donald Trump banned. And I've been arguing against Trump's banning for a long time, and a lot of you have questions about Trump's banning uh, and, and, and how I would handle it, how Elon Musk might handle it, what might happen going forward. So let me just lay this out. We talked about it some on Clay and Buck. I think that Donald Trump has actually benefited by not having a Twitter account. What do I mean by that? A lot of people didn't vote for Donald Trump because they were triggered by his Twitter account. I don't know that he gained that many voters, okay? Especially suburban women seem to be really triggered by what Donald Trump tweeted. Now, personally, I'd way rather have mean tweets than I would war in Ukraine, than I would 8.5% inflation, then I would a disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan. Then I would a porous southern border. Then I would murder rates skyrocketing. Police officer shootings skyrocketing. Uh, the overall economy in a tailspin as it pertains to the impacts of inflation, right? That we may be headed towards a recession. I would rather have Donald Trump in office than kids still wearing masks in school, than uh, the idea that we would have to get a federal judge in Florida to overturn wearing masks on airplanes. I would rather deal with mean tweets. But there are certain people in the United States who elected to vote for Donald Trump, uh, against Donald Trump. I really believe this. Instead of, uh, instead of voting for Trump, they voted for Joe Biden because of how he used Twitter. So... I don't agree with the banning of President Trump from Twitter, from Instagram, from Facebook, from any of uh, YouTube, any of those sites. But I actually believe that Trump may have benefited overall because all of a sudden the story becomes Biden. And my fear, this is my fear in a larger sense for what 2024 will represent, is that if Trump is on the ballot in 2024 or any other Republican, 
The story needs to be Joe Biden's failures. The story doesn't need to be Donald Trump or the Republican candidate. Elections when there is an incumbent are a referendum on that incumbent's job. Joe Biden has done an atrocious job as president. So my concern is that Trump may make 2024 more about him than it is Biden when the election should be about Biden. But I do believe that Donald Trump should be able to be back on Twitter. Now, he may not go back. He may prefer to stay on other social media accounts like Truth Social and use that as opposed to Twitter. But if I were running Twitter, I would reinstitute Donald Trump on Twitter. I would bring back the Babylon Bee. I would bring back Alex Berenson. I would bring back people who have been banned for sharing uncomfortable opinions for the left wing because we need content-neutral policies. If the Ayatollah of Iran can have a Twitter account, then Donald Trump should be able to have a Twitter account. If the Taliban can have a Twitter account, then Donald Trump should be able to have a Twitter account. If the Chinese government, which is propagating lies about its overall policies in Xinjiang province as it pertains to genocide against the Uyghurs, if they can have Twitter accounts, then Donald Trump should have a Twitter account. That's my personal opinion. We'll be right back in a moment, but first, this break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I also hope that as Elon Musk runs Twitter, he does a better job, because I think this is why Twitter is a cesspool, of keeping people from having 10 or 20 different multiple accounts, maybe even hundreds. The bot farms are a major issue on Twitter. I believe that everyone should be entitled to their opinion. But I don't believe that an anonymous troll should be able to have 20, 50, 100, 1,000 different accounts all existing on Twitter. I really don't. I think that the Twitter algorithm should overwhelmingly favor people who put their own names behind whatever they are saying. My personal opinion. You can agree or disagree with a large number of things that I say or do on a day-to-day basis in public life. But my name is behind all of it. You don't like my Twitter feed, you don't like me on television, you don't like me on radio, that's your right, but I'm not pretending to be somebody else. I think that the Twitter algorithm needs to be public, and I think we need to see all of the -the behind-the-scenes machinations that the Twitter people have put in place to favor far left-wing politics. I think the algorithm needs to be 100% uh, apparent for everyone, and we need to see who the favored people were on Twitter and what policies they espoused and allowed to trend. Another topic. Right now, I'm looking at uh, what is going on with the overall uh, Twitter uh, universe. Um, So uh, Trump is saying that he may not return, and that's all still his uh, his right uh, to Twitter. 
Uh, because I think probably he signed papers that probably commit him to Truth Social would be my uh, my expectation. But I think he should be given the right to come back if he wants to come back. But the trending topics, how does something trend? What are the topics that end up occurring that will allow something to be one of the 20 top trends in America on a day-to-day basis? And why are those so often left-leaning in the way that they are applied? I would love to know what is occurring, who is running the Twitter trending topics, how are Twitter trending topics uh, collated, how are they determined what the Twitter Twitter trending topics are going to be, and why are they so often favoring far left-wing topics? I also would like an edit button. I think an edit button would be incredibly important uh, towards allowing people to quickly change their uh, their mistypos and things like that. Maybe for the first 10 minutes, you could allow something to be changed uh, and allow people who, uh, like me, occasionally mistype a word or mistype a letter uh, to be edited and uh, and fixed. But I think the most important part of all of this is social media when, when Donald Trump got banned, I don't know how it wasn't terrifying to anyone that every social media company, even Pinterest, even Etsy, all these companies immediately banned Donald Trump simultaneously. That's the definition of collusion. I think having Fox News is important if MSNBC is going to exist. I think having a platform that is actually committed to true honesty to true robust First Amendment policies is integral to the full functioning of our democracy. And I give tremendous amount of credit to Elon Musk for recognizing those importance. Look, the guy is better at sending rockets to space than NASA. He set out and decided, I'm going to build better rockets than NASA. And he did it. He said, hey, the American combustion engine, the gas and oil-funded car industry, I'm going to develop electric cars that work just as well, if not better, than than gas-powered engines, and we are going to revolutionize the car industry. And he did it. I laugh at people who say Elon Musk won't be able to figure out or handle Twitter. Are you kidding me? This is a guy who is able to beat NASA at sending rockets to space and beat the entire car industry at creating electric vehicles. And you think he can't figure out how to come up with content-neutral policies to put in place to ensure the First Amendment has a full fruition on social media and online? Are you kidding me? This is, of the three... Far easier to accomplish. Now, will it be messy? Yes. Will I enjoy seeing all the left-wing blue checkmark brigade members who have spent years, anytime I criticized any aspect of Twitter, saying, it's a free company. If you don't like it, leave. Will I love being able to tweet to left-wing blue checkmark brigade members who are upset about Twitter? It's a free, uh, it's, it's a private company. If you don't like it, leave. Yes, I will. Will I enjoy telling them to build their own internet? Yes. 
Will I enjoy telling them that if they don't like it, they can go to Canada like they claim they were going to do when uh, Donald Trump got elected, although no one actually left the country? Yes, I will love all of it. But, and by the way, I've never met Elon Musk. I don't know him at all. But I would love to be helpful. I've been a longtime shareholder of Twitter. Uh, my stock will now go to Elon Musk in theory as a part of the uh, a part of the purchase of uh, of the company. But I would love to be involved in some way in helping to craft content neutral policies uh, so that Twitter can be more effective and be more useful when it comes to debating ideas. But guys, I can't tell you how much of a massive win this is. Uh, For those of us out there who fight for First Amendment, for those of us out there who fight for free expression, I have been very troubled by the censorious nature that has been embraced by the left wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, They definitely have the idea that words are violence and that if you say something that upsets someone, you shouldn't be able to say it. That has taken over the Democrat Party. And I believe, by the way, it's going to lead them to unmitigated disaster in the midterms. I really do. I think we're going to see a red wave of epic proportions. Uh, When you look at the mask mandate being removed on airplanes, when you look at Joe Biden's collapsing approval ratings, and when you see Elon Musk making this move as he is uh, to provide more free speech to Twitter, I think it is ultimately an incredible, an incredibly positive sign Uh, for the United States, for content-neutral policies, and for the marketplace of ideas. Um, And I think we need to move against two things. I've been arguing this for a long time. The Democrat Party, by and large, is defined by two principles now. Identity politics, that is the idea that what you look like should define uh, how you vote uh, based on your race, your gender, whatever it is, all identity politics. I reject it out of hand. And the other one is cancel culture. These two are kissing cousins, right? Cancel culture is the idea not to disagree with someone, but to immediately label anything that uh, you disagree with as Hitler, as Nazism, as fascism, whatever you want to argue, that is the immediate response of the left wing. And frankly, they've gotten soft. They don't debate ideas anymore in the Democrat Party. They just try to get people canceled. And the difference between a debate and cancel culture is I disagree with you, okay? I disagree with you on any number of issues. Having a real debate on a substantive issue is what America stands for and has always believed in. Cancel culture is I disagree with you and you don't have the right to share that opinion. And far too often on social media, cancel culture has been uh, emboldened and it has been embraced. And so I hope that Elon Musk will help us fight back against identity politics and against cancel culture and that many of these corporations out there will finally start to stand up against this woke culture and we can have a real debate about what America is and is not. America, in my opinion, is the greatest country in the history of the world and Twitter being more robust, more uninhibited, and more of a supporter of the First Amendment marketplace of ideas will lead to more success. Now, inevitably, there's people out there saying, Twitter's not the First Amendment. The government only applies the First Amendment. Yeah, I got a law degree, bud. All right? Uh, Here's what's important. What we have created in this country 
is we have allowed, let's use China as an example. China puts up the Great Wall of China. The Great Wall of China restricts, uh, in terms of a metaphorical uh, relationship with the internet, it restricts what Chinese citizens are able to see. The Chinese government does that. They keep things from trending that they don't like. They keep stories from circulating that they don't like. That's wrong. And I think most Americans would agree that's wrong. Well, social media, I want you to think about this for a minute. If social media is all agreeing, and if they are all taking orders from the Biden White House, which they are, how is that different? Just because the American government is not directly censoring speech in this country doesn't mean that the default impact cannot be similar to what's going on in China. We've allowed our big tech companies to adopt the role of the Chinese government. The United States government shouldn't be able to dictate through big tech companies what can and cannot happen. I think that Elon Musk owning Twitter is a big, powerful statement that Twitter is going to be independent and that the marketplace of ideas will rule and govern the day there. Yes, the First Amendment, because Twitter is not owned by the government, is not a direct application, but the marketplace of ideas is. And Twitter can either support fully the marketplace of ideas or can't. Now, the company going private, I think, will also help because on a quarterly basis, Elon Musk doesn't have to worry about exactly what the earnings are. I think hopefully he will go in and clean out a large number of far left-wingers at Twitter who are not making the company better and basically sit there to advocate their own politics. This is a disruption. This is a powerful disruption that social media needed and that our country needed. I salute Elon Musk. I'm happy to help him in any way uh, that I can. I'm a Twitter shareholder. I will be selling my Twitter shares to Elon Musk unless somehow I can keep them, in which case I would love to be able to continue to be invested in Twitter. I appreciate all of you. It's a great day to be an American. God bless Elon Musk. God bless the United States. And uh, I encourage you to go listen to Clay and Buck as we discuss this news coming down. This has been Outkick the Show. It's a glorious day in America. Let's all rejoice. Finally, we have someone committed to true free speech patterns and the marketplace of ideas. And his name is Elon Musk. Thank all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I am Clay Travis, and this has been Outkick the Show.